Hello, I'm Erica LaCasse, and this is the Messy Messianic Mama Podcast. Today we'll be talking about when you're having a bad day. Stick around for some hope healing and maybe even some laughs. Welcome once again to another Messy Messianic Mama podcast. Today is the 6th of February, 2023. And this week's Torah portion is Exodus chapter 18, verses 1 through 20. I should say 1 through chapter 20, verse 23. The half Torah portion is Isaiah chapter 6, verses 1 through 7. And it's actually a double half Torah portion because you also have Isaiah chapter 9, 5 through 6. And the Brit Hadashah is Matthew chapter 5, verses 8 through 20. I also forgot to tell you the Torah portion of this week is called Yitro, also known as Jethro. It is the father-in-law of Moses who comes and visits with him and gives him some really good advice. To learn more, open up your Bible and read it. So, this week I'm going to be talking about when you've had a bad day. Pretty sure I've talked about this before on my podcast many times, but... When you've had a bad day, bad week, bad year, bad hour, it's hard to not kind of get in a funk and not almost have a pity party for yourself. For me, especially this past couple weeks, I've kind of been in a funk when it comes to my health, simply because my uh, doctor intentionally wanted me to mess with my sugar uh, intake, and that meant I had to take, you know, wear one of those continuous glucose whatever things, which actually wasn't that bad. It was just eating things that I don't necessarily eat or as much as I would. And it definitely was not agreeing with me. So it's good to know. Hopefully I'll listen to this again when I start feeling bad and not understanding why. Stay away from the simple carbs, Erica. Stay away. But anyway, so I wanted to talk about having a bad day because it's so easy for us to to really get caught up in it. And as I was trying to look up, like, what does the Bible say about having a bad day? It doesn't actually say anything definitive about having a bad day. Because if you read your your Bible and any, really just open it up, you'll see somebody having a bad day. The, the key is how are they handling it and dealing with it, right? Um, I actually came across this article by Mark Ballinger. I do not know him personally. I don't know what his stances are on a lot of things. I will tell you that based off of this article that I'm going to read little portions to you about, I 100% agree with him about what the Bible says about having a bad day. Anything else, I'm not promoting. I'm not, you know, getting paid to promote him in any way, shape, or form. But I did find it from applygodsword.com. He is a Christian believer. So I do not believe he's messianic, but really, uh, it's not a salvation issue. What we're talking about here is not a salvation issue. So there's no reason for us to be able to glean wisdom from each other. So his article is called 16 Biblical Ways You Can Fight Back Against a Bad Day. And I'm just going to read you some of it. I'm going to change some things to make it... uh, make more sense for, for me and for possibly my readers. But besides that, I, I really kind of agree with pretty much everything he said in here. We all have them. It can start early in the morning after you oversleep and now you're late as you rush the kids to school. It can begin during your lunch hour when your coworker keeps disagreeing with everything you say. Or it can come out of nowhere as you try to control your temper during an unexpected traffic jam on the way home from a long work week. The infamous bad day discriminates against no one. 
These days make us feel so helpless. It just seems like no matter how hard you try, annoying stuff just keeps happening. So what can be done? What does the Bible say about having a bad day? While the Bible certainly does not talk about how to overcome bad days, it does give a lot of information about joy, perseverance, and overcoming evil. So here are the 16 biblical ways you could fight back next time you get assaulted by a bad day. I can relate to this. In fact, this past, was it not last week, the Friday before that, I, we had a situation in our school on a Thursday and we didn't have school. And because of that, I turned off my, my alarm. And as you know, I drive a school bus. Alarms are really important, especially when you drive a school bus. So Friday morning, I woke up at 7, 12 in the morning and I said, oh my goodness, I'm supposed to be picking up kids in three minutes on my bus. And that caused basically a domino effect of my whole day just not really necessarily working out the way that it it should in my mind. Now, the number one for him that he says is carp, carp, so wow, I can speak, compartmentalize bad experiences. So compartmentalizing is usually frowned upon. And honestly, I would absolutely agree with that. I do not think that that's healthy to do. But when you do use it properly, keeping certain experiences in their rightful place brings a lot of freedom. A bad day always starts with a bad event. And a lot of times our bad moods from this bad event cause us to create more bad experiences as the day goes on. One minute Yeshua was getting verbally assaulted by the Pharisees, but then the next minute he was healing someone. He didn't let one bad experience spill over into the rest of his day. So rather than saying, I'm having a bad day, perhaps say, my car just broke down and I'm bummed about that. A bad day labels 24 hours when my car broke down. Uh, versus, I'm sorry, when my car broke down labels a few hours. Don't let one experience ruin all of your experiences in a day. I think that goes back to what I've talked about many times before, where we all have choices. So we can choose to let a certain experience or situation in our life affect maybe even our whole lives, but it could affect just a day, right? So your baby just puked all over you as you're walking out the door. And now you have to go back, not only change yourself, change the baby, let the dog out one more time. You know, it's just life, right? So we have to make the choice. Okay, is this going to shadow the rest of my day? Or am I going to choose to, as he kind of says, compartmentalize? I don't really like that word, not only because I'm having trouble saying it, but because Um, It really isn't super healthy to do that mentally. However, in this situation, it's, I have to choose to say, okay, I'm going to choose that even though this is what's happening, my car just broke down. I'm not going to let that affect the rest of my day. The second thing is forgive offenses as soon as possible. Nothing produces a bad day quite like being sinned against and disrespected. When we don't forgive people, it's so easy to project our hurt and anger onto other people. What we often neglect to see is that a lot of times our bad day is not worse than other days. Sometimes we just have less grace and patience to handle the annoying things that happen in a normal day. When we don't forgive right away, negative feelings linger in us and we project all that onto other people. When you're angry at someone, you are less equipped to handle other daily issues. For me, I know that this has happened to me many, 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 many times where I'm upset with probably one of my kids and 
instead of forgetting them, I forgiving them or thinking that I maybe have forgiven them, but I haven't actually, I end up taking it out on the rest of the people in my life. So you kind of recognize that, be at least uh, aware enough about yourself to say, hey, like, what's bugging me right now? And does it really have anything to do with the person right in front of me right now? Three, this one is really difficult for me. Pay attention to the tone of your voice. Uh, my voice runs on sarcasm, which gets me in a lot of trouble. And I know that. And I try really hard to check my tone, but it's very difficult. Um, and I'm sure I'm not the only one who struggles with that. But Proverbs 15.1 says, a soft answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. The way we say things matters. A bad day snowballs out of control when we allow something that happened earlier to creep into the tone of our voices, causing everyone to respond poorly to the annoyance they hear in our words. Other people don't know what happened to you. They just know that when you speak harshly to them, they are offended and will likely lash back out at you, thus perpetuating your bad day. To stop a bad day, intentionally speak much more calmly and softly than you normally would so you give yourself the best chance at being well-received by others. I will say when I try that, my family says that I'm being condescending. (laughs) So I need to find some sort of happy balance there where I'm not being condescending or sarcastic or whatever. But I I can think this is a really good uh, instance where like if you're going to a restaurant, right, and the waiter is clearly having a bad day, like they have an attitude. And instead of giving them an attitude back, what you can choose to do is kill them with kindness. And a lot of times it helps to bump them out of their bad day. Not always, but a lot of times it can. And I think that that we need to recognize that when we do encounter somebody who maybe is having an attitude, killing them with kindness may be the best option. Because if we're supposed to love our neighbor as ourself... It stands to reason we would like to be treated with grace uh, grace and mercy and kindness, right? Four, don't complain. For whatever reason, there are days in life where it's not your bad mood or harsh words causing other people to be rude to you. Perhaps it's just random spiritual warfare or God allowing tests in your life. Whatever the reason, complaining only makes matters worse. When we complain, we magnify the issue in our heads by giving it more time and attention. Complaining is like pumping oxygen into a fire. It just gives your bad day more fuel to keep burning. Sometimes the fastest way to get through a bad day is to not talk about it so much. Forgive people, share your burdens with other believers, but then move on. Paul said to do everything without complaining or arguing. Philippians 2.14 The everything in this verse includes getting through a bad day. And I'm definitely guilty of this one as well. I tend to, at least to my, probably my husband and my mother, they're the ones I'm closest to. I tend to complain versus, and my husband, he always says like, I get that you're upset about this situation, but do you have a solution? And my thing is like, no, I'm just venting. Like I got to vent at somebody. It's like, okay, but like, let's, let's try to come up with a solution. Cause you know, guys, they just want to fix it. Right. But the reality is I shouldn't just be complaining. I should say, hey, this is something that I'm really struggling with. This is a situation I'm dealing with the person. Uh, Could you help me try to find a solution, right? Share your burdens with a good friend. That coincides with the complaining, right? Galatians 6.2 states, bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Hamashiach. There's a difference between complaining and confiding in a friend. Complaining is just throwing accusations at other people or playing the victim card when challenging things happen. 
Confiding in a friend is when you are seeking real encouragement and advice on how to proceed forward. As Christians, we need the support of our brothers and sisters in Christ. And that's, that's kind of what I was saying anyways, but confiding, it's true. It's not the same as complaining. And I'm sure that you could think of a lot of times in your own life where I think as women, we may be more guilty of this. We tend to, as I said, vent, AKA complain and don't necessarily want a solution. We just want to be heard. And I think that we need to first go to the Lord with whatever it is that's bothering us, go to his word, and then hopefully we're in the right headspace to be able to, if you need to at that point, confide in someone who can give you encouragement and advice. Six, remember your problems are not that special. I know, I know, the world does not revolve around us. First Peter 5, 9 is a verse that speaks specifically about resisting the devil. But the principles Peter states here applies to getting through more than just spiritual warfare. He says we must remember that the same kinds of suffering are being experienced by your brotherhood throughout the world. Knowing you are not the only person to go through what you're going through helps you get through it. You are a special and unique person, but your problems are not that special and unique. Don't give your bad days more power than they deserve. Pausing right there just to give you a moment to really think about that. To not give your bad days more power than they deserve. And for me, with all the health health things that are going on in my life and have been for many years, that's really the perspective that keeps me going. Is that, look, there are a lot of people who have it way worse than me and or are dealing with the same things that I'm dealing with. So I'm going to continue to press on and believe that there is a plan and a purpose for what I'm going through. Seven, pray more. Like Job, we will not always know the reason for why certain things happen in our lives. What we do know is that God desires to use everything in our lives to draw us closer to him. It may sound like the Christian cliche thing to say, but just because it's become cliche doesn't mean prayer isn't immensely powerful. Philippians 4, 6 or 7 says we are to pray about everything. But there is no promise in this passage that all our problems will now go away. The promise is that the peace of God, which transcends understanding, will come down on us when we pray. Prayer may not change your external circumstances, but prayer will always change you. Let me say that again. Prayer will always change you. Number eight, share the gospel. Like we talked about last week with my husband, This is not our gift. We are not great at this. But you know what? That's what we've been commissioned to do. Your roof can start leaking. You can get a speeding ticket. You can forget to DVR your favorite TV show and your dog can chew up your favorite leather boots. But after you share the gospel with someone, you won't feel like you had a bad day. Even if the person you witnessed to doesn't receive it that well, knowing you obeyed the Great Commission from Matthew 28, 18 through 20 will trump anything annoying that happens that day. Nine, take care of your physical needs. As moms, we really struggle with this. Sometimes believers like to overcomplicate things. The reality is that God has given us a body which has certain needs. If you are hungry, thirsty, tired, or haven't gotten your heart rate up in a while, you are not going to feel very good. It's funny, I'm reading the first few things and I'm thinking, that's like a baby. Why do they cry? Because they're hungry, thirsty, tired, right? Right. 
When Timothy had a stomach problem, Paul didn't neglect common sense. He told him to drink a little wine to help. First Timothy 5.23. This was, you know, keep it in context, people, you know, biblically speaking, the time period. But likewise, we should pray about everything. But if you're lacking a practical need, then be practical and address that need. 10. Think better thoughts. There's reality and then there's our perception of reality. When our thoughts are dark and ominous, our outlook on life will be the same. Romans 8, 6 explains, For to set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the spirit is life and peace. We need to fill our minds with only things that are worthy to be in our minds. Philippians 4, 8. To fill your mind with God-honoring thoughts, listen to teachings, memorize a Bible verse, or listen to worship music. Be intentional and fill your mind with good to overcome a bad day. I think the same is true like when you're, it's a whole misery love co- loves company thing, right? Like when you're feeling miserable, you tend to actually like kind of bring everyone else around you down. So instead of doing that, choose to set your mind on the spirit and on heavenly things. 11, laugh. I truly believe God has a sense of humor. Anything a baby does before the age of one, like laughing, I generally consider to be an unlearned natural trait given from God. Even as you look at animals roughhousing and playing with each other, clearly our creator loves humor. For us, we have our two little dogs and oh my goodness, when they are roughhousing, it is hilarious because it's almost like a slow motion version of the Lion King when Scar and uh, Simba are fighting. It's hilarious. And we get a lot of really great laughs with our dogs. So as long as you are not laughing at things that are dishonoring or sinful to overcome a bad day, you should seek out things you find funny. For my husband, it would be those terrible dad jokes and really funny memes that are like God centered. Watch ridiculous cat videos on YouTube. Play a practical joke on your spouse. I don't suggest that for my husband. I don't do well with practical jokes. Or watch your favorite comedy. There's a time to cry and a time to laugh. Ecclesiastes 3.4. And sometimes to get through a bad day, you might need to do both. Just don't forget to laugh too. 12. Resist giving yourself a free pass on sinful indulgences. After you get home from a bad day, those little indulgences you know God is telling you to give up are even more tempting than normal. Don't give yourself a free pass on breaking your new diet, watching immoral content, or drinking too much wine. Whenever you compromise on your convictions to make yourself feel better, in the long run, you're just going to make yourself feel worse. It's okay to have a bowl of ice cream and watch a few hours of TV to unwind now and then. Just don't eat the whole carton as you binge watch a whole series on Netflix for 15 hours straight. I am absolutely guilty of having done that before. Food is... One of my sinful indulgences. Now, food itself is not sinful. However, when you overindulge in it, it absolutely can be. And I tell you what, I have a sweet tooth. So that ice cream, oh man, when it's in the house, I have to eat it. And and I have no self-control. So thankfully, uh, I'm allergic to most of it. But when my kids bring that in, I'm like, oh man, I got to try and fight this. I got to fight it. But It's a lot easier to do that when it's not in the house, right? However, I will say when there's those moments when I'm having a bad day, I may want to go to the store and buy something I know that I shouldn't buy and eat something I shouldn't eat and eat too much of it. 1 John 5.21, dear children, keep away from anything that might take God's place in your hearts. 
13. Read the Bible. Reading the Bible on a bad day is a lot like going to the gym when you don't feel like it, which for me is every single time. It's painful to start, but once you get going, you realize this was the day you needed it the most. I always feel so bad for my poor husband when he's trying to train me or help me. Uh, when I say, yeah, yeah, I want to go to the gym and uh, he's the best trainer I know. And I tell you what, I'm I'm not a nice client, but uh, I, I don't like being there. So I have to get over myself, choose to have a good attitude <laughs> and work out because I know that it's good for my body to do so. But just like it's good for my body to go to the gym, it's good for my mind and my heart and my soul to read the Bible. Reading it extra on a bad day helps our minds, quiets our spirits, and gives us the direction we need. It's amazing how often God will lead us to the perfect verse to get us through a trial. But we first need to open our Bible for God to lead us in this way. James 1.25 But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. 14. Encourage someone else. 1 Thessalonians 5, 9-11 explains, For God has not destined us for wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord, Yeshua HaMashiach, who died for us so that whether we are awake or asleep, we might live with him. Therefore, encourage one another and build one another up just as you are doing. Even if we're having a bad day, we always have hope in the gospel of Yeshua HaMashiach. But sometimes, to really experience this hope in our own lives, we need to encourage others with it. If you're going through a rough time, you'd be surprised at how much relief you will bring to yourself if you call someone with the sole intention of listening to their problems and encouraging them. I can't tell you how many times that has been true in my own life. It's almost like, you know, when you, um, maybe you're homeschooling your kids or like you're subbing like I do sometimes at school. It's like, oh yeah, I'm going to go and, and really teach these kids something. And you end up learning way more than you feel like you taught them. And I think the principle is the same here when you're encouraging someone. Number 15, random acts of kindness. Fight a bad day by doing good. Romans 12, 21 states, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Galatians 6, 9 through 10 explains, and let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. So then as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone, and especially to those who are of the household of faith. If you see an elderly person loading their groceries into their car, Offer to help them. Leave an extra large tip for your waitress. Mow the lawn of that single mom across the street. Or for those of you who actually get snow, I'm not one of them, you could offer to plow their driveway, right? Offer to babysit someone's children so they can go on a date with their spouse. Number 16. Remember the good news. Everything bad in this world should cause us to have a deepening appreciation for the good news. Without Yeshua, we have no hope. But through Yeshua, no matter what happens, we always have hope. We are saved through faith and by God's grace. And sometimes to overcome trials in life, we need to dwell on these deep gospel truths more often. These are just some of the endless ways you can try to overcome a bad day. The big takeaway is this. If you're having a bad day, don't be a victim. Fight back by doing good. I'm really hoping that you were blessed by what I just read to you, I know I kind of interjected my own little two cents in there, here and there. I'm, I'm sorry I didn't really um, do necessarily my, my own thing the entire time. Today was just a bad day and not one of those that I could really control. 
Unfortunately, my body was not super happy with me today. In fact, my husband told me a few hours ago I should go to sleep. And it's, uh, as you know, I pre-record this on Sundays and it's 8.14 p.m. right now. So he was telling me about six o'clock because of just how terribly I was feeling. And I said, no, I've, I've got to press through. I've got to do this podcast. That's, you know, what I need to do. And not only that, my husband and I are going to be headed to Woodbridge, Virginia tomorrow to celebrate uh, belatedly uh, our anniversary, our 19th anniversary. So I need to pack as well. So just keep us in your prayers, uh, traveling mercies to and from. And I pray that you all just have a fantastic week. I'm planning to take these principles with me throughout my time with my husband, but also throughout the week and throughout the rest of my life. I'm hoping to kind of go back to these principles and live a life that is pleasing to the Lord and not so much for myself. May you all have a fantastic week. As I do every single week, I'm going to sing and read the ironic benediction, which you can find in Numbers chapter 20, uh, chapter 6, verses 24 to 26. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his face towards you and grant you shalom. And now I'll sing it. We're doing it backwards today. Shavua Tov, everyone. Please feel free to message me at MessyMessianicMama.com or you can email me at ELMMM3 at ProtonMail.com. That's E as in Echo, L as in Lemur, M as in Mike, M as in Mike, M as in Mike, the number three at ProtonMail.com. Also feel free to leave me a one minute voicemail message at anchor.fm forward slash Erica Lacasse. There's a button on my Anchor website that says leave a voicemail. Thank you so much. And remember to leave all messages short and sweet and to the point. And I look forward to hearing from each and every one of you.